0: Hello, listeners. This is Lee Price. This is Will Ford from Football Three Six Five, and you're listening smartly
1: to At, At the, the Bridge, Bridge Pod, Pod, a Chelsea FC, FC podcast. podcast. Although I would describe it as the
2: Chelsea FC podcast. Magical from Eden Kai Havertz in the
1: Champions League final. Ivanovic yes! in the middle. It's just behind him. But it's tapped in by Havertz. It's Matić with the ball driver.
0: Matic takes the net off. It's time for another episode of At The Bridge Pod, your number one Chelsea FC podcast. Coming up on this episode, Oh, We Got Mauled By The Wolves. Oh, welcome back everyone to another episode of At The Bridge Pod. I'm joined in a virtual room filled with some lines. I've got Ollie, I've got Chris, and there was many a good thing happened over the weekend when you remove the men's team. So what were your highlights from the weekend team?
2: Um, I didn't really have one to be honest.
1: I, I didn't no, really do anything this weekend.
2: I I can go for some low lights if you want. Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> Bloody no, hell.
1: No, no highlights, only low lights. This yeah,
2: one. yeah. Um, To be fair, until Chelsea women played, I had like a a whole weekend of losing football. Uh, I was a bit bit sick to death of it by the time the Chelsea women's game started, to be honest. Yeah, uh, it was tough. Yeah, they don't let you down, do they? That's that's, uh, the only Chelsea players who play like Chelsea players. Yeah. that was that was my highlight for the weekend if you want one the, uh, uh, yeah the, i'll go the, with them. the women's team
0: that's fair that's fair you know what mine is mine was this beautiful piece of commentary from the cape verde versus south africa penalty shootout
2: go up, go Shakira
0: absolute legend he i believe that is the the arabic commentator on being sports well it was That's bloody brilliant. outstanding
1: I, I love the afcon man i really it's do. so
0: good it's it might be the best
1: international tournament actually
0: it's just it's just full of life, and that's why I absolutely love a good a tournament. Should be getting you on the edge of the seat, making you want to be there. It's and just full of festival, life and fun. It? That's, yeah,
1: you know, it's a festival of football. That's what I love about Afcon. It's just it it it's, it seems to embody a lot of that magic that I feel like we we have lost in in, in the way that yeah. football is now. The game has not gone.
2: <laughs> I think that's why, as well. Like one of the best World Cups was the. 2010 mm-hmm.
1: South Africa
2: won. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I've always said that's my favourite. It will
0: never, ever be topped, I don't think, in my opinion. Yeah. So, right, we'll hit some news. Uh, I mean, we do have a double match report. We do. Uh, I just wanted to quickly bring this up because I have to. I said it on Twitter, so I kind of have to stick by it. Um, Alex Goldberg was on the byline pod, and apparently this was this is what RJ good things sort of summarized in his tweet from that pod. And it was one players are not showing the willingness to do extras after training, including leaving immediately post-training or not staying to chat with coaching staff, etc. Two data showing players are physically regressed since the start of the season, lack of progress, motivation, and some players, example, Caicedo and Enzo currently over their optimal playing weight. Three players not responding well to individual analysis provided by data teams. Four, a staff member that has been at Chelsea for 15 years rates his squad as the worst he's ever seen, with no clear capable players that are able to perform cohesively within a team construct. Five, overall squad imbalance, poor squad building, players recruited that have excelled under a specific style system, positional play, and consequently lacking dependence and natural problem solving creativity. Six, recruitment disconnect. Too many voices in recruitment that are providing opposing views and lack coordination and cohesion. And seven. While there's acknowledgement of the various issues Poch is dealing with, there is unrest forming within the Chelsea hierarchy. However, the concern is who would be able to come in and progress forward with this squad. Oh my word! I mean, that's a very good Netflix documentary coming. You just know. You just know. Oh, it, 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 you're silent, and I know why. There's no, what can you say to it?
1: Yeah, like, yeah. do you know what I mean? It's like, what else can you say? Yeah, that's all true. Most We're fucked. likely. <laughs> Like yeah, like it, it, you know, it's it's very depressing. Like mm. it, it it's but, really frustrating to hear that all of the all of the things that we've kind of feared about this team and this club since Boley and Co have come in has kind of turned out to be true. Um, I think um a lot yes. of people are dealing with that, and it's really nobody's enjoying realizing. Yeah, really.
2: yeah, the the biggest thing out of that for me is the whole players not doing extra and 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 that sort of stuff and. That's what happens when you rid a club of anyone who bears any standard whatsoever. Mm. None of these players have been at big clubs before, that so they point. don't yeah. they don't know what it's like to be at a big club, and there's no one there to tell them. Uh, and that's the problem. That's when you get rid of all your experienced players who are used to winning things or used to being in big clubs, pressured environments where they know that it's not just. The 90 minute game and the two hours training, you have to do more because you have to be at your absolute best every single game. There's mm.
1: sacrifice. You've got to make sacrifice. Yeah.
2: When you get rid of all those players, it's the blind leading the fucking blind, isn't it? Let's be honest. It's uh, I, it's like have, it's like yeah. a playground at the minute. It's like a playground. There's no leaders there. They're all just no. fucking about. That that is, I mean, look, I, I I'm
0: I don't play for Chelsea, but I would probably qualify to play for Chelsea based on my ability. I mean, when I'm at the gym, if I finished early, and I I usually if I finish at about say within an hour, and I've got like twenty minutes before I hit the hour, I usually think, you know, what? I'm going to do something extra. Might be a long uphill walk or something stupid. I'm putting in the extra hours. Why aren't the team? I mm. mean. Yeah. You know what? We'll go positive because there is a double game review on the horizon, and that is because we head to Kings Meadow. And here is that match report Emma Hayes made significant changes to the starting lineup for our match against Everton at Kings Meadow. 10 alterations from our previous outing against Paris FC in the Champions League. Among the newcomers into the side were Ramirez making her full debut and. Came close to marking the occasion with an early goal, but was uh, stopped by a last-ditch tackle. Despite the evident resilience, we managed to break that deadlock just before the half-hour mark when Wrighton calmly converted a penalty that was awarded for a foul on Wrighton Canarid. Although we created numerous chances, we eventually doubled our lead with another confidently taken spot kick by Wrighton. As the game progressed, Hayes made some strategic subs, bringing on Nushkern, Kirby and Fischel. And they combined effectively to set up Cuthbert's goal late in the game. It was absolutely beautiful football they played. And it was a comfortable victory. Uh, and we remain top of that WSL table. Chelsea 3, Everton 0. It was a controversial game. Two penalties, a manager was sent off, and a full Ramirez debut. I mean, Chris, where do you wish
2: to begin with a positive a positive Chelsea result? Yeah, Um, which was really nice uh, especially for anyone who watched the uh, the the game on the saturday yeah and wasn't still wasn't over it which i don't think any of us were um yeah positive uh i mean it wasn't the best game um it was another game that we we dominated but we just seem to be lacking something at the top end of the pitch and I think it's a little bit of um, cohesion at the minute just a little bit of that sort of instinctive play that we had last year obviously when you've got like Wrighton and Kerr they had like a telepathic partnership last season at times where they just knew where each other were and I just think we're lacking that a little bit with Mm. with the the changeover of, of of people and then Kerr's injury, obviously, and yeah. Wrighton's been injured and still not quite back to to her best. The, mm. the first penalty. I, at first, I didn't <laughs> think it was a penalty either. <laughs> I, but, I loved our little argument on that. I was yeah, like, that's a pen. But it's a pen. But when you see the follow through, it's it's a dangerous tackle. She, yeah, she clearly win. She clearly wins the ball. Fair play. Mm. But the follow through is dangerous, and you're always going to get them given in in modern football um the one player i would like to talk about actually is um bjorn at the back Mm. i think she's she's made such a difference since she's come in it's the most composed at the back we've looked all season um Mm. very solid seems to be commanding the back line as well i think jess carter's form has improved since she came in which suggests to me that she's also helping Jess through the game now as well, um, them two yeah, need to I be think, our defensive partnership for the rest of the season. To be fair, yeah, they were yeah, outstanding. I, I, I think she's come in and she's she's been outstanding, and it's um, another win for the recruitment in the women's team. Um, mm. Ramirez looked lively. Shame she couldn't have got a goal, um, but yeah, she's she's very uh, she's very technically gifted, and she does mm. have a turn of pace, which is which is um, important in the women's game um, to have in your forward line. And, you know, she, she played her part, didn't she? in one of the goals as well. Um, Mm. Yeah. I I mean, you are right. It wasn't the
0: best. I mean, that was my first note I put down. Wasn't the best game to watch. Not going to lie to you all. No, No, it wasn't. wasn't. But Hey, a win's a win. Three goals are three goals and the other positives that's back to back clean sheets. That's important to point out, I feel that sort of tells you as well about our defense and, Right. Okay, penalties many a thought is on social media. The first one, it, it for me stand by it. it was clear as day because it was that follow through for me. The second one's a bit softer. But there's this but has nothing to do with the penalty. Uh let's not let's not get this mixed up. Everton didn't look like they were going to score regardless and that's no, sort of didn't. say that's saying something because their scoring record this season is the lowest in the WSL with 10. <laughs> so yeah. I wasn't really there going, "For, they might, might make their way back into this game." No, I it it
2: it definitely wasn't a pen <laughs> <No>. It's <laughs> the second I mean, one. Yeah. Yeah, the that's second fair. One, I feel the, that's the, fair. The second the second one's not a pen at all because the 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 one making the challenge pulls out of the challenge completely. Mm, um, mm, mm. She does catch... Like, it's not a dive either. It's one of those where there's contact, but it's not enough to be a penalty. It sh- yeah, it should have just been the goal kick. Um, yeah, that, that that's another poor one. But again... I think
1: they call that the uh, the Anthony Taylor special,
2: don't they? Yeah, that's Very it. Very subjective. Yeah. All, all, uh, all, <laughs> or Paul Tierney now at Anfield. Yeah.
0: Sure. <laughs> uh, I mean... The thing with the whole, with the Chelsea performance, I felt like there's a sort of a trend I'm sort of noticing. that's like, we start a bit slow and then we turn up in the second half and that yeah. that's becoming regular, which, hmm, I mean, everybody for me, I, I put in my notes here. I put that everyone except for Lauren James put in a good shift and maybe that's a bit harsh or critical, but. I felt Erin; she was rock solid, no doubt about that. Yeah, and the partnership with Melly go. was really, really clicking. Yeah, and I loved what I saw when Kirby came on. And we've already touched on Carter and Bjorn becoming quite good in that in that partnership. But it's always a stat drop for me, and the stat up, drop honor this episode it goes to Erin Cuffbert because against Everton, 90 minutes played, one goal, 53 accurate passes. Three chances create. That's the most. Eighty-eight touches. Three or four successful dribbles. Seven of nine accurate long balls. Three interceptions. Twelve recoveries. Seven ground jewels. One. What about that development as a player? She's magic, isn't she? Wow! Yeah. It's something that deserves so much more attention. You know, came in as a winger. Emma's guidance been transforming into a more well-rounded midfielder. You know, she's got that strength to outmuscle anyone. And this season, she has added impressive technical skills and, of course, the goal scoring ability. That's—I uh, feel like I've said this about many a player this season, but player of the season so far,
2: maybe I've got to be in the conversation. I'd, yeah. I'd say most—I'd say most consistent, mm.
0: Um, mm.
2: Yeah, most consistent actually, yeah. player. Just mm. like, obviously. Everyone's gonna go to and James for player of the season and uh, yeah, but James is either and James is either a ten or a five. Like there's very <laughs> rarely the in between. Like, she's, either, yeah, yeah. she's either unbelievable and wins the game by herself or you don't really see her. Bit mm. like the anti as like, no seven yeah, out of tens. Yeah. yeah. Whereas whereas Eren's just you know you're getting a seven and mm. you might get a nine but she'll be somewhere between there she's never going to be really bad um she just isn't i I think she's the most all-round central midfielder in the league hmm. yeah i I, f- I think that you've made a good point there I mean it
0: yeah I I always think either she stands out or she doesn't <laughs> and what yeah. wasn't a best game but the thing is we won 3-0 I've, I've got to give a shout out because if, if I don't someone's going to say how can you not comment on that absolutely beautiful play for Cuthbert's goal it was so good yeah. it was like tika tika attacker football in its prime so good
2: yeah it was oh, it was oh
0: my word so good the
2: official play in the Giroud role
0: <laughs> yes oh so good it was just Oh, it's just outstanding. It really, really was. Right. From the positive Chelsea performance, we need to go to the match report sponsored by I'm glad we didn't sign John Duran because Chelsea aren't alive. We're all drowning wine. We're all down in wine. And we got more by the wolf. (laughs) Yes. Chelsea two, Wolves four. It was a bad day. And it's a bad day now to ask for winners. But winners I must ask for. I have one. One? I'm never this negative. Never. Oh, well, Bloody, I, I've got to pull Berths up because he's not here today, but he's definitely had. I, I don't know if he did put some winners down. He probably did. He did. I, he did. Well, he, he put one. He put down. I've just read a different, complete different message because that's my message, not his. He said, no one because they're all fucking useless. Hmm.
2: Yeah. <laughs> British <laughs> sense of humor there. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Wow. I've got five. I've got five winners. Yeesh. What? What? Yep. What? Yep. I've got five. I've got five winners. I guarantee um,
1: none of them played. None of them I played can, for a Chelsea I, yesterday.
2: I can read them all out in a in a row if you want. Oh, go go on then. Uh, Brighton, Southampton, Benfica, Leicester, Shakhtar. Those are the five clubs that have scammed us for hundreds of millions of pounds. Oh, word. Um, right. By selling us average players for world-class fees. Brighton have done it a couple of times. Southampton sold us a £60 million player, apparently, although no one's seen him play. I know, I I still feel like I've never seen him play for us. Benfica sold us Enzo Fernandes, who I will come on to later. Uh, Leicester sold us Wesley Fofana, who again doesn't play football, but cost us £80 million. And then Shakhtar sold us Mudrik, who I am still convinced is some sort of money laundering scam. Oh, I mean,
0: my 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 winner was the media. And that is because as soon as Bell Silver dropped that tweet stating it's time to change, you just oh, knew, God. you just knew the media was salivating at every narrative that they could write, every question that they could ask, and how many clicks those articles were gonna get. I mean, anytime. When a family member or a loved one or a, a close friend that's related to a player in any sport, literally any sport says something publicly on social media or puts it in the public, you know, area, people are just going to assume it came from the player themselves. doesn't matter whether that's true or not, or if it's just that one individual's opinion, yeah. doesn't matter. doesn't matter. They will always look at that and go,
2: that came from the player that did. And it yeah, is. Yeah. Just on that though. I, i I actually really don't like that at all. um because although she's right, everyone knows that she's right. we're not we're not blind, but I don't think it's helpful. I don't see who it helps. I don't think putting that sort of stuff out there. It's a bit like when Pulisic's dad kept going on about stuff like I don't know who it helps.
1: do you think um, do you think she actually did mean it in terms of the manager because she could have just meant like subs in the game?
2: I feel like well, I this is, okay, this is I, the problem, though, isn't it? Without it, context, it's There's a lot of plausible deniability
1: there, isn't there? Like yeah. in terms of the gap about what actually was said and what was meant. But the thing is, I think is that the fan base have now, oh, now, in my opinion, shifted so overtly to Potch out more yeah. so than Potch in that that's what they took from it anyway.
0: Yeah, um, it's a bad sign when the it's most exper- when the most experienced leader in the team team's wife is sort of saying this about the coach we assume i mean it's she, not wrong uh, I'm, I'm not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna criticize it because i think it's what it's frustrating because it kind of feels like no one gives a damn in the in yeah. the club i'm not expecting you know players to come out and go Oh, yeah uh, fair. i should really put him as an honorable winner ben chill well he didn't have a good game he really didn't but he came out at least he spoke i mean some players it doesn't even seem that i mean
2: yeah he he wishes he hadn't know with the backlash he's got from it to be
1: fair what he said was embarrassing yeah like like, he's right to come out and said but what he said was thick as two short planks You know,
0: it it was there aren't any excuses he is right when he says you know it, it wasn't good enough but Ah you know what? We'll move to we'll move to losers and
1: I hang on, I've got a winner. Oh, you've got, got a I'm so
0: sorry. Go ahead.
1: I had one. Uh my my win's dead quick. it's the bookies, uh, because they're gonna make a lot of money on the odds for who's gonna be the next Chelsea coach.
2: Yeah, that's true. I, I was <laughs> literally I think just the leader in
1: the buy... odds at the moment is uh Roberto De Zerbi for those of Someone you. Someone stupid. Yeah. yeah. Another stupid. one for Brighton. Here we go. <laughs> oh
0: it's not gonna be De Zerbi. It, it won't be Deserby.
1: We'll break we'll FFP. We'll talk about it.
0: We'll break FFP if we do that. Um, My loser is almost like a little rant, so I feel like I shouldn't say my loser yet. Um, uh, Berth, though. Berth's put his loser in, and Berth had said his loser was all of them because they're all fucking useless. Yeah, <laughs> good. Yeah. <laughs> good. Right. Yeah. Oh, man, there's a trilogy for this. He's got a question he's put in as well, which you'll find out later. Ollie, who's who's? Some, have you got any? Have you got more than uh, eleven losers? Uh, I have one singular loser.
1: Wow!
0: Is it us for him to review this?
1: <laughs> I wish it was. Uh, you could call us honorary losers because we have to relive it every week. We do, we um, do. But my loser is is just Chelsea. Um, it's just it's just become overwhelmingly clear to me that the ownership do not know what they're doing, um, especially with the new like you uh you spoke about at the top of the show, uh you know, about players and how they don't seem to respect anybody and they're not getting on with the coach and they don't want to do anything and the owners aren't happy and then disagreeing up top with this and that. It just feels like that things that go on at well run clubs like this stuff doesn't happen. And I think we're we're a, a victim of a lot of our own choices. Mm. A lot of really poor choices. Some good, admittedly but majority of which in, in the last short while have been really, really poor, actually. You could say whether it's around recruitment, you could say whether it's about the recruitment of the people doing the recruiting, you could say whether it's about the the club as a whole, but the problem is, is at, at the very end, the buck has to stop at the owners, uh, mm-hmm. and they have willfully, um, and maybe just by trying to do too much too fast, have absolutely ruined the club in two seasons. Like it, it's a it's an unprecedented thing to happen on any scale, mm. uh, especially in elite sport. And I don't know what the solution is. I think a lot of us as Chelsea fans are feeling very lost at the moment. Um, a bit rudderless. And so it's it, that's kind of where I'm at, where it it, it just feels to me that we don't really know where we go from here. It just feels like we're spending another season spinning our wheels, not going anywhere all the while city and Liverpool and Arsenal and even man United all get better without us, you know, like yeah. before long, it's, it's going to be the case where we're just stuck down here in mid table. And, and then that will be the new reality. And mm. we need to do everything in our power to stop that happening.
0: Yeah. The new, the new standard, which would suck. I mean, I, like I said to you all last night, I was likely going to just do a freestyle for the loser section. Because there are so many losers that we, I can't count from this game, and that's got nothing to do with my math skills. You know, t- uh, look, let me tell you, Poch's Poch's excuses kind of feel like they're reaching levels that I ain't, I ain't seen before. You know, he, he was talking before the game that about a lack of height in the midfield and no set piece specialists. I mean, come on, that that ain't the root of the problem. You know, we've been what we I've, we've been watching this Pochettino-led squad for. It's been half a year. I'll be damned if anyone can tell me what our game plan is.
1: Oh, yeah. Don't get me wrong. What when, is it? I was going, when I was going on that rant about the owners and stuff, like definitely in terms of a recruitment, I'm referring to Pochettino as well. He's not the one. He's not the guy. He just no. isn't.
0: I, I mean, it doesn't help as well. You could go, well, oh, injuries? Nah. That, that dog, don't hunt no more. <laughs> you know, sure. R- Reese James was out. and But you, look, that ain't no excuse for the way we played. There was other players that we had out, you know, top players that we, we rely on, you know. Reese James being a key one. And obviously we've also had such as Fafana, top player, but hasn't been on the field. Uh, ben was still technically coming back from injury because he's clearly not fit, fully fit to play. But it, it, they, they just look scared. You know, it's like they're afraid. None of them are afraid to take a risk. They've got, you know, to do a king, to go for it. You know, look, I, I mean, look at how we sort of turned it up in that final stretch of the game. We had nothing to... I mean, look, that's garbage time. Anything that happens, then it don't matter. The result was going to be a loss. G- great, you you kicked on for the last ten minutes. We, we ain't going to come back. And I don't think any fans actually thought at the time, or well, I think we might might pull one. Oh, we might score another two. Wasn't going to happen. I
2: mean, Chris, Chris, you know what they, you know what they look like. They look like a group of people who are walking around the woods without a map. Like They just, they just don't know what they're doing. Like, we played against a Wolves team who have had their manager in charge for the same amount of time that Poch has been in charge of us. And they looked well-coached with a game plan where the players knew what they was doing and how to execute it. And we don't. So the excuse for Poch of he needs to be given time and He's had some injuries. Everyone in the league's had injuries this year. Everybody has had injuries this year. It's no excuse anymore. Like there's the reason that ugh, the thing with Poch is, I, all of the problems at the club are not his. Are not his, and we all know that. And there is no way that you sack him and it suddenly becomes magical and we finish in the top mm. four won't happen. But at the same time. There are other managers in this league doing a lot more, but a lot less. Yeah. People oh, yes. keep telling people keep telling us that this squad is really bad. And we watch them play. We know how shit these players can be. But then we also know how good they can be. And you know, you look at you look at Tottenham's team, for example, on paper and compared to us, man for man, you wouldn't take many Tottenham players over us. No. So Why are they 4th and Mm. we're 11th? It's got to be down to coaching. You know, Unai Emery took over Villa and he had the same players Stephen Gerrard had and their results was polar opposite. They they went from like
1: 14th up into like 7th or something, like up into Europe.
2: Yeah, because they was coached. So you can't judge players all the time under poor managers because players will play bad under poor managers. That's just a fact. And then players, well, like, it's even, not even average players. Bad, though.
1: It, it's just <coughs> mediocre managers. And this is why we yeah. get the hot and cold. You know, like, and the some thing games is it's good because cause Poch does well, and in other games it's bad because he doesn't. And uh, it... uh,
2: yeah, yeah, like I'm not saying that these players are good players. Like some of them I think are bang average. However, bang average players they're better
1: than that though,
2: aren't they? Under under a good manager, he brings them up. A level. This is why you see such drastic dips in form in clubs and the same players when good managers leave, because those players start playing at mm-hmm. their level. Good managers elevate players. So that's what they do. Great managers elevate their players. They hide all their weaknesses. They find a system and a way of playing that hides all of their weaknesses. And then when they leave... And another manager exposes them all. Everyone goes, oh, these players are shit." Yes, they are. Ah. They were shit then too, but they you had could, a good yeah. manager, and that's you what could we argue. Don't the, have. Look at
0: look the, at Villa the other when they went is, from Gerard
1: to Emery. Whoa. wow, that was a exactly. turnaround. But the problem is, our problem, uh, our issues now are compounded because all our players are on such long contracts that any of them are yeah. going to reasonably out outlive any mm, manager. Uh, I mean, what? The, the, yeah. It, you know, so like that they can always say, um, well, I'll just sit on my deal, you know, they're, they're not going to sell me and maybe I'll just I'll choose not to go and I'll just sit and make my money where, you know, whereas e- it's easier for them to just sack the manager again and they can keep their very expensive Glad you brought asset. that That's, up. because It's a problem
0: there. Win Stanley and Stewart ought to be packing their bags, you know, and that, Both um, should be look, sacked. Look, just Both look at the excuse that we've assembled for a squad with the kind of money they had to work with. That's embarrassing. I mean, you have to say it. I mean, that ain't even the whole story. I mean, this team are currently, unless I'm wrong, sitting at 11th in the league. We're halfway through a season. There's, there's no clear game plan. And that does fall on the shoulders of the manager. And I haven't seen a e- piece of evidence yet to suggest is the man for the job here at Chelsea and that sucks again to say because pre-season looked good but after that and you could say League Cup final yeah but we had one away game and we lost it we've had one away game in that draw and we lost it to Borough and if I feel like if yeah
1: when you when you look at the money that we have that's wasted, the
0: thing wasted
1: especially those two those two specifically Stewart and Win Stanley some of their buys have been have been good or good enough and that's fine but when you think about, for example, I know they're the expensive ones, and everyone harps on them and hates them as a result. But I'm just using them as an example here for what Enzo and Caicedo cost. We could have got Bellingham. Uh, and I think we could
0: have got even more. Can more you imagine how much better yeah. we'd be? I mean,
1: how much in a better position we'd be if we yeah, had that? Like just like some I'm, general forethought at the time. Both both Bellingham hmm. and Rice were regarded better than Caicedo and what, Enzo. Yeah. So what gets under my skin
0: them? with this is when the ownership took the reins of our club, all they had to do was tweak a few things. Yes, there was, there was some issues, yes. But the groundwork was laid out for them. But they just went, nah. They just came in, zero know-how and wrecked havoc. You know, no good reason. You know, yeah. threw out all the experience, brought in their own young players, long contracts, and not a damn thing has got better or moved forward as, you know, the seasons have come come Do you come know on. what,
2: you know...
1: This is what they've done, right? They're, imagine they're building a house. What they've done is they've bought a house off someone else, and the the house is perfectly all right. Yeah, you know, a bit old, a bit rickety. It's got a few issues here and there. Only needs some minor repairs, but you know, it's mostly fine. It's good value. You know, it's a nice house, and it's been one of the best houses on this street for a while. And then what the guy decides to do is to tear down the house and rip up the foundations, and then complains <laughs> that there's a hole in his front yeah. garden.
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. It, one, of the, one of the biggest mistakes I think that they've made is when they first came in uh the long contract thing was i, I understand why they did it from yes. a financial point of view but it's ludicrous you you put players in that much safety you're not going to get anything from them and you're going to put your club in a terrible state if you ever want to sell them uh but the 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 one that stands out to me was when todd bowley first came in and he said about the fans having more voice. Ooh, good shout. It's, this is what you get. Because football fans are fucking <laughs> stupid. And what pisses me off now, right, is all these Chelsea fans who are sitting on their high horse saying, oh, we've wasted money on him and we've wasted money on him. They brought every single player that these people wanted. Wasn't a single one of these fans moaning when we brought these players, mm-hmm. they was all buzzing their tits off like, "Oh, these are the greatest players in the world. We're gonna win the, we're gonna win the Champions League." It, that's what they were saying. No one moaned about us signing. Mm-hmm. No one moaned about Fernandez. Everyone was absolutely clawing away and clambering over each other for Caicedo. Oh, we can't let him go to Liverpool. It'd be the biggest embarrassment ever. Pay whatever they want. They did, and this is what we get. Fans should not have an opinion in recruitment, and I think one of the biggest mistakes they've made is they have listened to fans when it's come to who should we it's sign. an Interesting point, and
0: actually, yeah, I, I mean, we we know they look on social. I feel
1: like they would have signed some, I, I think it's a mix of both. I think they look at what would be a popular signing, I think, and if that's in one of the choices, that does influence mm. their decision. Yeah, I'm not sure they just go on to Twitter and see <laughs> who, who knows. <laughs> They maybe they do, but uh, I don't you know, know like,
2: when that when he first came in. I'm pretty sure that's yeah. what he did.
1: Yeah, I, do you know what? Like I, I'm almost like to give Bowley a bit more of a pass. One because he was doing stuff right at the start when there was absolutely zero, nothing in place at all, and he was having to do a lot of stuff, a lot of different things, and he was behind. And he was not wasn't a sporting director, and now he's now stepped back from the club and everything. Whereas now it's just like it feels like this is the plan. It feels like this is how mm. we operate now. You know, whereas then it, that felt very transitional. This feels ordinary and, and mm. that's much worse. Yeah.
0: I, I mean, Chris, I know you did say you've got a second a second rant <laughs> lined up. The listeners love it. They do love it. So, hey, you can deliver it. We'll give you uh, your soapbox.
2: Go on. Well, of all, like, I, so when I, when I was writing down my list, I put every player except Petrovic because I think he's being hung out to dry at the minute. Yeah. Um, you almost feel sorry for him at the minute. uh. But so I, I I, don't think there's any point going through specific players in terms of, oh, I've picked these three this week because you could have picked anyone, let's be honest. Uh, I think it's time to have the conversation about Enzo Fernandez again, though. Because I have never seen a player get such a free pass. So if you went on socials after this game, it was all about Gallagher and Caicedo and enzo got a complete free pass in this game despite the fact that he did absolutely nothing he had no bearing on the game at all the game would have been exactly the same whether he was there or not and he's got this i don't i don't know really he's got this real protection from that i haven't seen since the year after kai havertz had scored in the champions league final
1: <laughs>
2: after after Havertz scored that goal for, six, for the next six months He was the most protected Chelsea player I'd ever seen He was dropping Shit performance after shit performance And everyone kept saying about He was being played out of position He wasn't being used right He's a generational talent Can't believe he's being wasted under poor managers All the same shit you hear every week about Enzo Fernandes He's not a generational talent he is he's a worse version of georginia he is he he keeps the ball he plays the occasional long pass more of which go out of play than actually find someone or are hit too short and the defender just heads it away so this whole notion that he's got this incredible passing range is just bollocks it's just, that's again just come out of nowhere Someone seen him do it in one game and went okay that that's what he does so <laughs> but we, we won't have to watch him play again because we'll just assume that he's done that every game he doesn't score goals he doesn't make goals he doesn't win tackles he doesn't get interceptions the The lead up to the De Sassi goal he should cut that ball out and he actually puts the ball past Thiago Silva um, in the build up I don't know what he does. He he is one of those players where he reminds me of, if I was to compare him to something, he's like buying perfume from a market. The bottle looks nice. And it' may say a brand on it, but that's not what you're getting. Uh, <laughs> he's got the he's got the tattoos and the haircut, oh. and everyone and everyone loves him. And uh, he's being touted as a future captain. And apparently, he loves Chelsea, which is absolute bullshit. Because I guarantee, at some point within the next year, his agents angling for a move away. Uh, so I don't understand why he has this such protection when he and it. It's because people are always putting down Gallagher and Kaisaido, and he's being just as bad as they are. So at least be consistent with it. They're all shit. The reality is, at the minute, they are all shit. So you've got to put them all in the category together because he isn't doing anything, and I just don't understand. I watch him every week, and I don't understand what these people are seeing. I mean, how how do we come back from that,
0: Oli?
1: I I mean, like... can. I I don't personally feel all the time that way about Enzo, but I do see the point, and I do I do feel that way sometimes about him because we just need like for again like he can't help what he costs. Same as Caicedo. agreed. But for over a hundred million, yep. you would expect more than we've got from both of them, I, I, you know. And Indeed. so it, that's just an unavoidable thing at this point. But if you're going to blame anyone for that, sure, the player. Yeah, they could be doing more. Sure, the coach, they could be doing more. But also, the people who decided to spend 100 million on a couple of players who don't properly influence games in terms of goals, assists, things like that. You know, like you've got to remember at the end of the day, we spent 100 million on uh, 100 million each on two midfielders and didn't buy an established striker. Which
0: sounds wild the fact that we're
1: silly you think about what do you need for a a functioning like a really strong functioning football team you need a really good keeper a really good center back a good midfielder and a good striker you know what those are the four things you need and 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 we bought two midfielders and no striker and no keeper
2: what's uh, even what's even funnier ollie is we we spent 200 million on two midfielders the year after We'd, we'd all been saying the two things we needed was a creative midfielder who gets goals and assists and a mm-hmm. defensive midfielder. We spent 200 million on two midfielders who are neither of those things. We bought a box-to-box midfielder and someone who just passes the ball. Like it, it's The recruitment is ridiculous. Everyone knew we needed a Bruno Fernandes type midfielder who gets goals and assists mm. and then we and then we needed a, a Matic uh, who sits in front of the back four and breaks things up and they like signed not neither of those things. we
1: know this we can tell you this stuff like
2: and and so how
1: can we see this but the data analysts and the people who are actually whose job it is to work this out can't see this i don't i just don't understand no, it ridiculous
0: yeah. um right positive ending i've got to. i'll do it because there's people listening that need that, they want that positivity. And people have people I usually need to des- come back. <laughs> I usually deliver it. So look, despite everything that I've I've said, my my love and passion for this club will remain unwavering and unconditional. I always do my best to catch every game, enduring the disappointment week after week. It's just in the hope that you know that somehow, some way things all turn around. And I can only imagine how disheartening it must be for those of you who listening, who attend the matches, spend your hard-earned money to get to the game. Yep. And purchase a ticket. You know, you're investing your money into this team. And I'd ask, are your feelings any different from mine, Chris, Ollie, how we feel right now? You know. From my point of view, I, I saw fans leaving early expressing their frustration through boos and various chants. And I can assume, based on that, that you're feeling that disheartenment too. But nonetheless, I'll be there (laughs) this coming Wednesday against Villa. I'll be watching. My support for this club will not waver, even though my confidence now is, it's sort of in the departure lounge. (laughs) But it's still there. It's still there. And I'm hopeful of a good result. No matter how bad
1: we are, you will always have at the bridge pod to come and have a moan with. Damn <laughs> right, yeah.
2: I'm uh I, I think we're all with you there, Mikey. I think the I think the biggest issue for Chelsea fans at the minute, and I, I, I don't think there'd be many who disagree, is that we'll never stop supporting the club and mm. we'll continue to go to games and watch games and regardless of how bad it gets, always be there. But I think we've never felt so disconnected from the club. Yeah. And I think uh you know like, what's I don't mad know. though
1: is is how many times we've said that, <laughs> uh, seemingly yeah. being at a new low yeah. in the past two seasons. Yeah. It's
2: yeah. it's just that thing, isn't it? Where I just think at the minute it's hard because you're always telling supporters that you you have to support the players, but this is a really hard group to get behind. It's a really hard group to support. Mm. Um, no, they're reasonably you... likable until you see them play. Play. yeah because <laughs> oh. they're just not giving everything like the the chelsea teams i grew up with was there wasn't always the best football teams but they was they was they was hard working you knew what you mm. was going to get every they single were the player best was going to yeah yes. they was going to leave everything out there they, there wasn't a player coming off the picture you thought he ain't put a shift in today that it, it yeah. just didn't happen they had bad days but you still supported them because they tried yeah, yeah. right
0: emojis i just went with a sad face i was just sad
1: like i'm gonna be juvenile poo emoji Uh, (laughs) uh, wolf poo to be specific
2: (laughs) chris uh i'll go with the with the skull because i think this this game was the one that killed potachino club's dead (laughs) Yeah. yeah right Line of the week. And
0: oh, lines of lines of the weekend were Uncunku, Gilchrist, Chukwemeke, and Gallagher. So
2: we just we just move on. Just move on. Move on. on. We'll move well, on. And you he... know
1: what? I picked Gilchrist, and that's not a bad shout because I don't think he played, did he? Uh,
2: yeah, yeah he no, did. He, he, he did. He came. He came on. Made he came on. Made made a mistake that nearly led to a goal. He's proper Chelsea.
0: Yeah, (laughs) right. Lion of the line of the midweek time as we head on the road to Villa Park for the FA Cup replay against Villa. Um, I'm. I'm Petrovic, you've gone Petrovic. I'm going to spin the wheel whilst Chris decides. I think I, Mikey's
2: really cruel to make us keep picking every week. I am. I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's
1: a cop out of here to use the wheel. Oh! Picked, I, I, oh, I picked Petrovic solely uh, because he's been the only player who hasn't let <laughs> yeah. down like yeah. recently. I've got, yeah, du- I've got,
0: I've got Dujon Richards. Which there we go. Well, um, wow, <laughs> he's <laughs> okay. not. Getting,
2: he's not playing then, is he? I don't know so so Mikey wins this week because he's picked the only player who ain't gonna play
0: (laughs) is he he eligible I know he came back from his his loan spell I don't
1: don't think so Berth picks Betanelli, of course he would have Um, picked Broya but he's gone we'll we'll spin again
0: (laughs) I'll spin again Chris who are you picking
2: oh I don't know Um, I've got to get a wheel because what's the point of this well I've Um, just got Mark Cucurea and that's not happening (laughs) Well, pick, pick
1: someone who you think might play and m- maybe won't disappoint you.
2: So someone is going to come out as a sub for ten. Oh no! Yeah. yeah,
1: even to, <laughs> even if that's the case, I've got to yeah. stick with this one. I'm so sorry, Chris. It's Enzo.
2: <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> Good luck, Michael. <laughs> he definitely will p- play. I think. Um, but in fairness, though, in fairness, on socials, he'll have a great game. So you're popular. <laughs> Chris, come on, who are you going? Who are you going? Uh, I'm gonna go with you know, I, I think I picked him in the last game too, but yeah, I'll go with Troublemaker right. again. Good shout. Good shout. Um questions
0: and of course the uh, first of all I've got to go with the uh the, the at the bridge pod question that was sent in by Berth. And his question is uh why are we so fucking useless? There's the trilogy. Okay, of just you... <laughs> oh man, if you I were think, taking a we're... shot right now, I think yeah. we've spent all. It's, hard uh, that, it, we? it's like yeah, a game we're... of limbo. Which I mean, see at the moment.
1: Yeah. it's just how low can you go?
0: I mean, we got one question, and it's from Victoria, who asked, "What do we do now?"
1: Good question.
0: Mm.
2: That's a I great mean, question.
0: I mean. I did write an answer down here, and I genuinely mean this 100%. And I put, honestly, if you want to watch a team who are outstanding, competent, and play with passion, that's the thing. Passion for the badge. Watch the women's team, if you don't already. Because get behind them, because they deserve that love. They deserve your passion and support. Because... You know, I've I've watched them for a fair few seasons, and obviously, as everyone knows, we've this is our first proper season covering the team. And each game that I've watched, I've loved every single moment doing so because I'm seeing eleven players play for that badge. That's yeah. what I want to see.
2: Yeah, I I would say now I. Oh, f first I think we've got to get rid of Potch because he's. It's it's just not working. I mean, let's be honest. I don't forget I think I think a lot just, of it was, was ever right about
1: watching the first even when he got recently.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um and I know there's a lot of talk about Mourinho. now. The reason why I would do that um and bring him back in is I don't think the results on the pitch would drastically improve. I think they'd improve. Um, because he knows how to get teams who aren't don't have the best players. He knows how to set up a team to get results. Um, but also, we need someone who is going to raise the standard again. And i i would I would rather have him in for what he's going to do more between the matches it, with these players, ensuring that they are doing the work that they need to do teaching them what it's like to be at a big club and putting the demands on them that, that should be there. So I'm not saying he would come in and make us brilliant and it would only be a short-term thing um, with with him. But at the same time, there is no doubt that he would instantly demand more from these players and they would have to do it. Or they wouldn't play. He's dropped bigger players than these before at, at, at other clubs, so that wouldn't bother him at all. So he, I, he I, I just think, I'm pretty sure he dropped Ronaldo once. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, and like, look what he did with Juan Mata. He sold our player in a year, two years in a row. So <laughs> oh, no. you know what I mean he's not scared to make those decisions and I just think at the minute what these players are really lacking is leadership and That's he what is I feel like as well the ultimate the leader it feels like, yeah. he's
1: like a, these players a lot of them are really young they need like in terms of like a coaching like a father figure someone who they really respect and look up to yeah and don't want to disappoint because let's be honest, they're on big wages. You know, the young players that you young, confident young men, like they're going to think they're mm. invincible in a lot of cases, like all, you know, in, in whatever they're doing. So you need someone who's done more than them to be mm. there to keep that ego in check. Right. And tell them you're nothing. Look what I've done. You know, yeah. if you work half, if you work twice as hard as mm. that, you might yeah. win half as much if you're good enough, you know, and, and, and as a result mm. yeah. of that, that, that's what sets the standard. I, like you say, Chris, I don't think football would improve that much. I don't think the results would improve that much. But you would almost want Mourinho for everything he does outside of management. You know, you want him to be the person setting the standard and yeah. reminding the players of what it's like to to play for Chelsea. Yeah. The, the the other thing that you have to do is you mm. have to sack when Stanley and Stewart as well. Um, ultimately there you know yeah. and, um, yeah. and potentially even karma McCauley and joe shields as well uh because that you know if the whole recruitment yeah. team at the moment it's just not set up to an environment that's conducive it's it's not working like it, it, it we seem to be bringing in players uh around with different profiles in the same position at the same age but for different philosophies and different managers it just doesn't make sense to me like you need and and mm. If you want to keep them and have them just do recruitment because they've picked some good players, that's great. But don't make them sporting directors. You need a a, a director of football who is going to oversee that, speak to the owners, and uh, who is really, really good at his job and or her yeah. job or their job, and understand what it means to to run an elite club and and that needs to come from them yeah. so you have a play style and you have a a, and, a project if you want to call it that and you have a a philosophy that suits the club and everything works towards that goal because at the moment everything's pulling in a different direction everyone's working mm-hmm. in silos and obviously that's not going to work
2: yeah and the thing yeah. is like that that is something as well though that Mourinho is very good at like that's what he did at roma There was a club floundering. They was all over the place when he went in there. He has a way of pulling everyone together. And I feel as though that's what the club really needs at the minute. Mm. Instantly you get the instantly the fans back him. We know the fans back (laughs) him straight away. So yeah. So he gets the fans on board, then he'll start protecting the players and he'll start making the fans like the players. Again, mm. which is exactly what he did at Roma. So then they start supporting the players as well, like we like we were just saying, which is difficult to do at the minute because we don't like most of them. But he he has a way of just pulling everything together and making it Siege like a bus yeah. against the uh, world he makes thing. It a lot and th- I think about that, himself. That's, as well. that's what we helps. need.
1: I think a lot of these young players, especially there, yeah. like you say, they've yeah. never been at a big club before. They're in the spotlight all the time, and a lot of them I think don't know how to deal with it. Uh, mm. uh, you know and Mourinho like someone bigger than yeah. them coming through who's bigger spotlight a bigger asshole and a you know a bigger big mouth coming out and saying all of the stuff that's gonna make everyone dro- go crazy at them so they can just get along with it and develop quietly by themselves alone and become the professionals they need mm. to yeah. be like exactly. it, it, it's a funny thing because like I said more than anything you want Mourinho for everything else he does rather than the management side of it but I I'd take the management <laughs> side of it at this stage anyway <laughs>
0: Right. Pos- let's have a positive end with a game of Archie Thompson's Top Trumps. Yes, and the category is the summer twenty twenty three. What's about that? Now I'm going <laughs> to give you a player. Wow, hold <laughs> up. I'm gonna give you a player who moved in that exact window, and you gotta tell me if they cost more or less than the previous player. And we're not we're not including add-ons, and all prices are in euros per transfer marks. So we start okay. with James Trafford, who moved from City to Burnley for 17.3 million, which I, wow. I forgot that, that was that much. Um Chris, you've got it is a lot of money. It, it really is. You've got Christian Pulisic from Chelsea to AC Milan. Did he cost more than 17.3? Oh, that's a hard
1: one.
2: Do you know what? I I actually can't remember how much we sold him for, but I I think it's st- I think it started with the one, you know. Uh <laughs> I'm uh I'm gonna say more, but not Ooh, more.
0: Much. It was 20, 20 million <laughs> euros. Ollie, you've got Pedro oh, Porro. Uh
1: he was called Spurs. I think. He was uh he would have gone for at least 30 million euros. Uh, I'll go for more.
0: He yeah, He was 40 double the price of a pure wow. Uh Chris, you've got Robert Sanchez. From Brighton to Chelsea. More That's... or less than 40. It was, it was 28.7 million euros. Uh, Ollie you've got Antoine Griezmann Who moved from Barcelona to Atletico That's
1: a tough one He's gone back and forth to places a few times Is his stock higher now than it was before? I don't really watch La Liga
0: Um, Did he cost more or less than 28.7 million euros?
1: I'm going to say less
0: You're right because he only cost 20 million (laughs) Yeah Um Alex Iwobi from Everton to Fulham, Chris.
2: Oh Jesus Christ! Uh, do you know what? It's bit. It's probably more, but my head's telling me go less, so I'm going to say less.
0: He costs five point seven million pounds more than Griezmann. Wow. twenty five
2: point seven. <laughs> that is an absolute. What the we Premier League? Premier we League should have been for Griezmann of right. windows, dead,
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kovacic, who went from Chelsea to City. More oh, or less than 25.7. Yeah. 29.1. Florent Balogun from Arsenal to Monaco. More or less
2: than 29.1. Uh, he'd just come off a really good season, hadn't he? But I don't remember them getting loads for it uh i'll say more
0: you're right by nine hundred thousand know euros I at I th- 30 million
1: it's more but it's it's only just more i think
2: yeah it's tough right.
0: that one harvey barnes from leicester oh, would castle. have them for that
1: uh <laughs> surely <it's> more <laughs> yeah of course it is they did it is. it's 44 completely. million
2: yeah, <laughs> Yeah, Nathan Collins.
0: Nathan Collins from Wolves to Brentford. Oh, he's less than that that's quite a lot. Twenty-six point eight five. And Ollie to—he was a record yeah, signing, I think, you? for Wolves. I could be corrected. I don't. Uh, um, a record signing for Brentford. Sorry, not. Yeah. All uh, right. Finally, Paul Torres what from was Villa out to one? Villa.
1: Oh, it was 26. right in free, if I remember right. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go more. Yeah, you
0: are right at 33 million euros. So there we go. Thanks for listening. I hope we cheered your day up, or you know, at least you know, up that positive vibe because game. Oh, we're just today, a shoulder so for that, you to cry on, You know, uh, while we suffer. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's fair. Right, treat yourself well, and. That is the end of an episode. We will be back on Friday to discuss. We will also, as a positive, we'll find out who the uh, Chelsea women's team are taking on in the Champions League quarterfinals as well because the draw is tomorrow. So, yeah, I'd uh, I'd probably take Bran because Benfica they weren't they weren't too bad in the group yeah. stage. But hey, we'll see mm-hmm. we'll see whatever the draw gives us. So we'll be back on Friday. So till then, that is us signing off. You've been listening to At The Bridge Pod, a Chelsea FC podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram by searching for At The Bridge Pod. And if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, leaving us a review is always appreciated.